0: I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's be seated. I didn't plan to preach on that line about Noah and the ark, but maybe I should. I remember where I was the first time I put on a clergy collar. I actually have the collar right here that I put on. I have it here because I bought the wrong size. And it was too tight when I put it on. It was a few weeks before my ordination as a deacon, and I wanted to be prepared. I was still in seminary, was looking ahead to graduation and my ordination in the early summer. So there I stood with Emma looking on in the tiny seminary subsidized apartment, and I did my best to intuit how to put this collar on a black clergy shirt. It seems really simple, but there's all these little buttons and these little holes in your shirt, and you kind of have to get it on there just right. It was all very hush-hush because I wasn't yet ordained. I wasn't yet clergy, but I couldn't wait. I wanted to make sure I was prepared. And so after a lot of tugging and tucking, I finally got the clergy collar attached and I stepped in front of the mirror. And I could not stop laughing. (laughs) Emma couldn't either, to be honest. At that point, I'd been in the process to become an Episcopal priest for a few years. There were years of informal discernment, and then there were committees and approvals before seminary. There were at least three committees of people, strangers at first, that needed to agree that they saw priests in my identity that when they saw me, heard my story, they heard a call from God. And so by this point, when I put the collar on for the first time, I was finishing three years of graduate education on top of that first process. It was all leading to this one moment when the bishop would lay his hands on my head and I would stand up as something new. This thin piece of plastic, and that's what it is, plastic, represented an identity shift. This thin and light piece of plastic carried all the weight of my expectations about my future ministry and my vocation. Carried all the weight of the person I was becoming. And yet, putting it on that afternoon, I laughed because I realized it was just plastic. Important plastic, sure but just plastic, just one more layer of identity that I put on. It's not the only thing that I put on each day that indicates who I am. The clergy collar says something about me, but I wear a medical alert bracelet on my wrist that says something about me as well. I wear my father's watch, which says I'm his son. It says something about me as well. I carry a little metal chip in my pocket that tells me and the world, if they see it, if I hold it up in the pulpit, that I am a recovering alcoholic. It's just a cheap little piece of metal. It's all it is, but it carries so much weight. It represents who I am. When I put it on, it shows the world something about me. The list goes on and on. I wear a ring on my finger. It tells the world that I'm married. More often than not, there's slobber on my shoulder or crayon on my hands that tell the world uh, that I'm a father. There's books from floor to ceiling in my office that say I'm a reader, or at least I want you to think I'm a reader. (laughs) I have layer upon layer of identity, and we all do. You're probably thinking now about the layers of identity you put on. We're like nesting dolls walking through life, adding more and more and more on top. Some layers we can see through our uniform or our jewelry. but Many layers are invisible to the eye, under the skin, close to the heart. Think now of the layers you have put on in your life, the identities that you're carrying right now, the titles that apply to you, the roles that you've played. This is not a new idea. People have been carrying layered identities since the beginning of time. The Apostle Paul was keenly aware of all of the identities he carried. Like the lavish robes that he no doubt wore, he draped his ethnicity his religious status as a Pharisee, his knowledge of God's law over his shoulders and carried them with him everywhere he went. It's easy to forget Paul's story. His identities became weaponized as he sought to wipe out the early Christian movement. He was so sure of the layers that he carried, so sure of his place in God's world, that he justified violence shame because he was convinced he was right because of what he carried. The conversion of St. Paul is one of my favorite stories in scripture because it was an identity shifting moment. When he was knocked off his horse on the way to Damascus, he was on his way to persecute Christians. He had arrest warrants in his saddlebags when God struck him blind and through his darkness showed him a revolutionary truth, a revolutionary truth that applies to each of us. The truth that God showed Paul that day was that at his core, at the center of his identity, the solid piece in his nesting doll of self, at that very central point, he was loved by God, redeemed by Jesus, and called to serve the world in Christ's name. I love the conversion of St. Paul because it's literally this spark that lights this fire that transforms the world. Once Paul was touched with that truth about his identity, well, he was a man on a mission. He had to tell others. A few years after his conversion, Paul writes this letter to the Romans. These dispirited believers who are wrestling with their identity, what does it mean to be Christian? What do I make of all the identities I carry? Paul writes, you know what time it is, how it's now the moment for you to wake from sleep. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And whenever I hear armor of light, I think of Bible man. Did anyone else watch Bible man in Sunday school? It might be a token of my Alabama <laughs> upbringing, but the open, it's, it's not great. Um, the quality's not great. But Bible man put on the armor of light and he had his sword that was God's word and all of that. Um, So it's easy to dismiss the armor of light, but Paul is inviting them into this identity-shifting moment. I think Paul is actually inviting the Romans into their own Damascus moment. Wake up to the truth at your core, he says. Don't put so much stock in all the other identities you wear. That stuff is darkness compared to the armor of light. That Christ has invited you to wear. Now we are given this same invitation. We're given it every day, but particularly in the season of advent. In this season, we slow down, hopefully. and we settle in to the longer nights and the colder days, and we're given another chance to wake up and to put on Christ. We're given another opportunity to put our hope in the one identity that offers us new life. Our identity as children of God. That's the sneaky truth about those identities we layer on top of all the other identities we've ever worn. It's the sneaky truth that we think that final piece, that final layer will make us whole, will make us enough, and then we can stop. Once I put this collar on, I'm done. I've arrived. It's just plastic. There's always more. This Advent season comes after a hard few years. There's so much darkness in the world, so much darkness in our own lives. The weather outside today is appropriate for the first Sunday of Advent. There's so much hurt, so much pain. The headlines and our own inner monologues cry out that there's not enough, we're not safe, we must work harder to add more layers to our nesting doll to protect ourselves. So it's fitting that the journey through the four weeks of Advent follow the pattern of the season, that each night between now and the end of this season will grow longer until the sky matches the state of many of our hearts, and we're left in the dark, wondering when light will shine again. And then, ever so quietly, as it's happened for the past two millennia, the sun will start to push away the darkness once again. After that longest night at the end of December, the days will get longer, and Christ will be born again. So the invitation for us on this first Sunday of Advent, Jesus says it, Paul says it, I think it's important, is to wake up, to wake up from our spiritual slumber, to clear away the fog and debris that have clouded our vision, that we can see the coming of Jesus once again. This is the invitation of the whole Christian life to die to our small self, to die to all the ways that we put our worth in the identities that we layer on top of one another. Our call is to rest in Christ, to put on Christ, who is our all in all. And so whatever identities you wear, whether it's a piece of flimsy plastic around your neck, or the car you drive, or the various roles you live out, the invitation of Advent is to let them fall away. Listen to St. Paul and put on Christ. Put on that core identity that's given to you at your baptism. For that is the one identity that will never change or fade away. It's the one identity that lasts beyond death. This season of Advent, we celebrate through these four weeks leading up to Christmas. But it's only a rehearsal for that final Advent, for that final second return of Jesus Christ. The waking up that we are called to do in this season is only a foretaste of that moment when our eyes will truly be opened and we will see God face to face. And in that final and first moment, all of our earthly identities will disappear. And we will only be our true self, our core identity, the solid peace in the middle of our nesting doll. In that moment, we will only be a beloved child of God. But about that day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven nor the sun, but only the Father. So until then, I invite you right now to close your eyes and open your palms if you feel comfortable doing so. Let the layers of identity you wear fall away. Drop to the floor. All the ways you've succeeded, all the ways you've failed, all the ways you live as you should, and all the ways you let yourself and others down, let them fall away. in their place, in your open hands, receive the abundance of God's grace and mercy for you. Wrap yourself in that armor of light. Wrap yourself in the love of God that can pierce the darkness of the world and the darkness of your own heart. Now, with open hands, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you the core of who we are. We give you our hearts. You know us better than we know ourselves. And you love us more than we could ever know. Wake us up, Lord Jesus. Wake us up to your love. Help us see your hand in our lives and protect us with the armor of your grace and mercy. Amen. (laughs)